Shooters, we got a big episode for you this week. A lot to cover, a lot going on in the world of basketball. And so we try to dive into it as much as we can. We talk with the coaches uh, early in the episode to try to figure out what you do and when does the game feel in hand and when is the right time to sub and when do you feel good about it. And so it's fun kind of picking those guys' brains and figuring out uh, situations that they've been in before, whether uh, leading up to state or at the state tournament. And then we make our predictions. We predict uh, 3A and 4A substates, who we think is going to come out. We talk a little bit, breaking down those uh, districts that we disagree on and why. And so that one's a lot of fun. And then we try we try to find a way to circle a game of the week with so much going on on both the girls and the boys' side on all levels. Uh, big week for us here in the state of Iowa with basketball. And so this one's fun. We hope you enjoy it. As always, shoot or shoot. Guard me in the paint, I'm an artist See I hustle on the flow, call me Rick Ross See the truth get it, jumping like a tip-off I play hard till I hit a rep, blow the whistle I'm a player, but my game be so official Troopers, welcome back to another episode of the Hoop Troop brought to you by Shooter's Touch We're excited, it's getting that time of the year where games are meaning more Tempers are flaring, excitement's there. Uh, we have a lot to talk about, a lot of things that we want to cover um, this week. I, we have uh, a few more troopers. Tony's back with us this week, um, and so we're excited. And so with that, we're going to jump right into it. But uh, before we get too far, we gotta we got to bring our coaches in, um, Coach Larson, Coach Betts. We have a few topics we want to talk about, a little bit on the heels of what happened um, with Michigan and Wisconsin. By the time you guys are listening to this, you've discussed that and what you think should happen and what the punishment should be probably six or seven times with six or seven different people. So we're not going to get too in the weeds on it um, at this point, but they did kind of bring up some conversation as far as subbing and how you treat the end of the game um, from both sides of it. And so that's kind of where we're going to start tonight. Um, and this also on the heels of uh, state tournament uh, coming up here in the next two weeks um, and planning ahead and how do you sub and when do you sub and what feels comfortable. And so uh, coaches, my first question for you is, when do you sub? Um, when, do, when is it a comfortable number? Um, I know this is going to depend based on the game and the feel and what, what the situation is, but when does it feel good? How much time on the clock? And what does that look like as far as to start to work some subs in towards the end of the game? Um, I'll go first. Yeah. Uh, just because I, I don't know if there's a perfect equation for every team, you know, because it, a lot of it maybe depends on what your subs abilities are. You know, if you got a second team that's strong, well, sure, maybe you can do that. And uh, my apologies to uh, Chris. I think I did this about a month ago because when we played them <laughs> in the finals in 09, I went back and looked at that tape afterwards. And I don't think I subbed uh, Brennan Kugel out till there was about uh, two and a half minutes left in the game. And uh, we were up uh, a, a substantial a amount. That's all you need to know. A lot. A lot. <laughs> And, and, uh, and maybe that was partly on me because I, I'd been in that, that was, I'd been in that finals game uh, three times before and lost every one of them. And so, you know, at the end of the day, you're, you're kind of paid to, you know, one of the priorities is to win the game. Um, but I, I, so I don't know if there's a perfect equation of when you sub and when you don't, uh, I guess the thing that, that I don't, that uh, I, I don't, I hate when I see it is, when you know you sub or team, you watch a team substitute, and then the opposing team that's behind all of a sudden has this magical press that they've never had all game with their starters or with their top kids, and they start pressing the guys that you subbed in. And I'm like, you know, if I'm going to sub, if I'm going to be the first guy to sub those guys in, 
then at least have the sportsmanship to not put on the full court press or the one three one half court tablets. If if we're finishing this thing out for the substitutions, let's do it um, that way. At least that's the way I kind of feel. Don't. And now if you want to if you want to pressure with your bottom guys and let them play some basketball, that's one thing. But I've seen it too many times where other teams will leave some of their couple of their starters in, and all of a sudden that press comes in, and crazy stuff can happen. We've all seen it. So is is there a perfect answer to that no but i i like today i I don't you know they said well michigan puts the press on i uh then then it's wisconsin has a every every right in my mind to call timeouts and set up a way to break that press yeah i would agree with that uh you know i feel feel pretty comfortable with all those things um and i think too you know it's interesting i think you kind of should work together with the other coach you know what i'm saying like in terms of just to have a little collegiality out of it. And uh, no, the, the one crazy thing is though, you, you know, you brought up the state tournament and, and I told you guys a little bit of a story. We were in the state semis and um, there wasn't subbing going on. And, some, and in this case, and the refs were great afterwards when I talked to them, they kind of like assumed the game was over and you don't feel like that as a coach. So, you know, Brian, when you were asking, like, especially the bigger the games get down the stretch and everyone's tight, you know, by this point of the season, everyone's tired and you just want to win so bad and you're grumpy. And so a lot of times in that moment, it's really hard to think straight. And that's one thing I guess I was kind of curious to know Doug's thought as an official too, though, because, you know, we always talk about sportsmanship and sportsmanship ratings and all this stuff. But sometimes I think there's kind of a hidden thing that there, there's other forms of sportsmanship. Now, I will tell you one of my other big things before I let Doug kind of talk to that, like, would you look at, you know, not, you know, pressing all of a sudden and say that's unsportsmanlike. But the other thing I want to want to agree with 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 uh, Tom on is I am a huge believer in those guys at the end of the bench when they do get in, they should play. You shouldn't just dribble out a minute and stand there and like they don't get to play very often. Let them play. Um, But I think there's a respectful way to do it. Um, to piggyback on that real quick, this has nothing to do with it. And um, I was always a stickler too. When you know, if you got on the court for us, I didn't care if you were the starting five or the bottom five. There was a level of play that was expected. Mm-hmm. This yep. was not. It wasn't free for all time. It's not. Um, you know, we're jacking around playing pickup ball. I mean, yeah. And, and so a lot of times, if somebody doesn't sub, you don't know what's going on in their practices. Just because yeah. somebody's sitting on the bench, you don't know what kind of playing time they deserve. Right. right. And so a lot of times people say, oh, they're not cleaning their bench. Well, who knows? Maybe those kids all been late for practice for four days in a row, too. You don't you don't know their yeah. situation. So at what point do you, as a losing coach, you're down 25, 30 points with two minutes left. What time, what, at what point do you clear your bench? I guess that's, I always have a hard time with that. It's not on the winning coach. It's on the losing coach, really, I would say, to pull his starters and go, okay, we're done. Get the guys in there, sit down. I'm just going to let them play. You know, I think it's more on the, the team that's losing than the winning team because the winning team, you're, you're, you're still coaching. Like, okay, they, they could possibly come back. Right. And then, you know, kind of what that's, you know, where do you draw the line there? You know, I, I would say that's probably the unwritten rule, isn't it? I, I agree, and that, that kind of leads the way. Uh, but again, I don't know if there's a, a magical, you know, if, if it's a high scoring game, 
you know, if, if there's only been 35 points scored, are they going to score 17 in the next two minutes? Probably not. Right. Uh, but, uh, I'm, I made the mistake. I was refing a college game over at Kirkwood. <laughs> and uh, that's when Wags was coaching over there. And they, they pressed all the time. This was early in the season, fourth, fifth game in the season. And I said, Wags, you can call off the dogs. There's like five minutes left in the game, and, and they're still pressing. And he lit me up. And I was like, oh. I'll never say anything to the coach again about pressing at the end of the game. See, they were just practicing, you know, there was right, right, trying to get better at what they do. Yeah. And he's got, you know, he's trying to see who's going to play towards the end of the year. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that, that didn't go over real well. So that's, that was the <laughs> last time I told the coach what to do in a game. Well, it kind of goes into when um, we were at a game last week, uh, watch my son play and, they were behind by 15, 17, and they're still fouling with 35 seconds left, 30 seconds left. And my wife's like, why do they do this? Why do they do this? I said, they're not doing it for tonight, for tonight's game. They're doing it for the next game. They're practicing yeah. situations. Yeah. You know, that you, you can't, you can't recreate that situation in practice. So a lot of, I mean, the, the casual fan doesn't maybe realize that. Right. There's a lot that goes into it. And I think that's just, uh a big part of it just kind of understanding the situation from both sides um larson you kind of mentioned it it's, it's hard when you're in the moment too sometimes and like you said the bigger the stakes uh, the more that's going on and so trying to cycle through this i mean same thing from you know an opportunity to get to the state tournament um like you said you're down 25 and you got some kids who maybe have worked really hard and when you get them in and when do you, you know, let your right. seniors ride it out. And I mean, it's just so many decisions that go into each one of those. Um, and it's all different. And I think you just go off of your heart and your gut and uh, you make that call. But uh, question. But for I you think guys. you're grace, gracious in defeat or in winning. Once that horn sounds though, then it's all over. Like, right. and if you have a problem, I think like, as far as like today's game goes, or for everyone who's going to be, you know, having these instances down the stretch, because now your season's ending, right? Obviously different than, than the college game day, but there is going to be a lot of emotion. And so if you have a real problem, I think maybe wait until later, if you want to talk to that coach about something that, that you didn't like. And so we all still agree that uh, the handshake line at the end is very much needed and deserved, right? I think so. Yeah, absolutely. If, for, for example, today, and again, I not being there, but it, they say, well, uh, Juwan Howard was not going to shake hands. Then maybe he shouldn't, he should have chosen that time to say, I'm not going to take part in the handshake line. If you can, if you don't think you can do it right then, then head to the hallway. Well, I don't know what it is, but yeah, that, uh, and again, not being there, it's hard to judge, but yeah, it didn't look like he was going to shake uh, Greg Gard's hand today either. <laughs> Crazy, yeah. crazy deal there. So quick question though, before we move out of this, ever had an opportunity or ever had a time in which you guys had to bring the starters back? Oh, I don't think so. I, I, but I've had like upset stomach worrying about it. <laughs> yeah. I, I would say this. I've had times where I've had to bring back a starting point guard just to handle the ball. Yeah. You know, I, maybe not a whole five, but there's been times where, you know, Hey, I Sorry, we we we've turned it over five times in a row. Somebody's got to bring to get the ball to court. I did have a couple seniors I was trying to get in the game, and I don't know. It's like a minute left, and we were up like thirteen or something. I'm like, ah, 
and then I like pulled him back and it was great because it just I have a good relationship with this kid and he's like coach I'm not messing it up for 13 points in a minute and I was like yeah get in there but you do it gets weird I'm telling you guys like when you're in the heat of the battle you you just start thinking of crazy things yep I I would agree and kind of having been on both sides of that both you know in the in the head chair and the second chair it's completely different in the second chair too you see things a little more calmly and you're like hey coach yeah. like we're good here you know yeah. but when you're up to the one calling the shots it, it never, you're never comfortable like you said until that horn goes off yeah well we usually like i said we always learn from the bad experiences we don't learn as well from the good experiences but the bad experiences early in my career is you know it was our senior night and so i'm um, let's let's start five seniors. Well, we we didn't start five seniors. I think we started two, and three of the five were, you know, the guys thirteen, fourteen, and fifteen. And so, and we weren't playing, you know, the Boston Celtics. I think we were playing a, 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 an average team at best. But I, so I'll be the good guy. I start five seniors, and we. I mean, we got off to a terrible start. Never got in the flow of the game. And I I said afterwards, I said I will never ever do that again. I won't, I won't just, I won't just be the nice guy. It's, we are here to win. And we're here to play well. There's the different ways to honor the seniors other than letting them go out there and dig a 20 point deficit. So <laughs> you have timeouts, you know that you can call it timeout. <laughs> you have timeouts. You can call it timeout. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and we didn't get down 20 to nothing, but we, what it did was though, but you, you, once you start, you know, we've all seen it. Yeah, it's you, and you're yeah. you can't get out of that funk. Feels like maybe starting the second half sounds like a good idea, <laughs> right? Like yeah. once you're so I, I, I went from starting seniors, then I just introduced seniors. <laughs> yep, that's oh. uh. So that so I assume at some point in the career you've done the done the yank the five starters right away. That feels like a Tom Betts move. Is that is that true oh, at all? Absolutely, absolutely, more than once. Um, and w- you, I, that's I is, think that's one of the greatest the greatest motivator of all time is playing time. Is it uh, is it the next five or is it turn around and the first five kids you point to are going in? <laughs> oh, I've done both. I've done both. <laughs> anybody grab them. I don't care who it is. I think point out the assistant coach, the trainer, put them in. I, I, th- I think it's sometimes it's more impactful when you just say the first five guys that I look at get in there because what you're saying is anybody down on this bench can play harder than the five that were out on the court. Right. Yep. All right. Well, good. No, I love it. Uh, I love it. That's good stuff there. Um, all right, guys. Well, we had a big week. Uh, we have a lot to cover. I want to take, as we normally do, kind of take a look, um, spotlight some, some big games uh, this week. And what we saw before we get uh, too far into it, one thing I do want to note um, on the girls side of things, uh, the 3A state um, uh, has been decided. And so we have the eight schools, eight programs um, in 3A on the girls side, West Lyon, Esperville, Lincoln Central, Central Point Urbana, Assumption, Rolling Story, Ballard, Sergeant Bluff, Luton, and Unity Christian all punched their ticket um, over the last week to get an opportunity to go to the Wells Fargo. So congrats to those eight schools. Tom? Hey, you, you, I just thought of my shout out. What is it? Yeah. Joe Hardy, head coach at Sergeant Bluff, girls coach at Sergeant Bluff. His daughter, who's is a junior, she's six one and she's a, uh, 
I mean, she's she's a D1 prospect, blew her knee out midseason. She did, and she was missed do everything for Sergeant Bluff. He's done a great job, great job of rallying that troop. Um, and they're playing really, really well. And to do it without his best player is a, that's a big shot out there. Well, good. Yes. And was that, uh, I should know because I have it in front of me. They beat Harlan or who'd they beat? Did you just happen to see that? No, they beat DMC. They beat the one yes. Christian. Yes, yeah, they beat, beat Harlan. Yep. So, yeah, well, good. There you go. That's a good one. Congrats to those teams. Um, as we go through this week, uh, you know, the rest of the girls' side will start to get their tickets punched. And so that um, is exciting. But with hey, that. Hey, Brian, I, yeah. I, I was, Norwalk played uh, Bondurant last night. Bondurant was terrific. But uh, Caitlin Lappy got her thousandth point. I don't know if you guys have heard of her. She is going to UNI for softball. And I think she was like one of the best, if not the best softball players in the state last year and got her thousand points. So shout out to her. And, and they got a really nice team. They play Indianola here on Tuesday. On Tuesday for to go to state, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good deal. Um, all right. Well, congrats to those schools. Let's take a look. Um, what did we see? First, oh, Tony. Stuck on 98. Uh, we were talking a little off air. Stuck on 98 right now in the gyms, but it sounds like maybe 100 is in reach. Um, so can you give us a little a prelude to maybe what uh, what you're hoping to get to here in the next week or two? Yeah, so uh, Tuesday night, I'll head down to uh, Donaldson, Iowa Central Lee High School. Um, Danville is playing Winfield Mount Union in a 1A district final there. Uh, and then Thursday or Friday, I'm going to try and knock off number 100, uh, kind of depending on what happens in the in the 3A and 4A action earlier this week. Well, good. We'll, uh, we're going to get to that 3A and 4A action here um, in just a minute and talk a little bit about predictions. But uh, we've, we've talked several times on the pod already. 3A is going to be exciting. So I can't wait to see what shakes out with that. Um, all right. Well, let's, uh, let's, cause it's the way you guys are pictured. Larson, let's start with you. What, uh, what was your game of the week, uh, that you took in this week? I know a lot of craziness was happening, but, uh, what do you got for us? Well, the best game I saw was North Polk and, 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 uh, Norwalk at, at, um, the Norwalk gym and, uh, Norwalk pulled off a one point win. They were down 16. Um, but North Polk, the game before had beat DCG. And so, the chaos is just going nuts. I also checked out on uh, film uh, a really good game between Bondurant and Indianola on Thursday night. So I, I, we talked about this last week. There were just so many good games. Those were two that kind of come to the forefront. I know um, Urbandale had a, a really good game with somebody, too. Who was that earlier this week? Oh, with Indianola, too, I guess it was, because they're going to meet up probably in the, uh, in the second round of the tournament. Yeah, that uh, Indianola team, look out. That's one team yeah. we've talked about. Um, do not want to uh, see them in the tournament. But uh, uh, And then Johnston, I don't know if someone's going to get to this. We'll, have to, talk, we'll talk, have to talk about Johnston. They're um, rolling. Absolutely playing real well here. Um, obviously, good win over Ames. Uh, so things, things heating up here, end of the year, just like you, just like you want. So, Tom, yep. what was your uh, game of the week this week? Uh, again, I didn't see much for playoff time, but uh, I'd say the game of the week up here could have been Carol over Harlan at Harlan. You know, uh, the uh, student versus the teacher, um, mm-hmm. Jeff Bisson and uh, 
Mitch Osborne, and and uh, that was a uh, 65-53, even though maybe not a lot weighing on that game. Again, like we talked last week, if, if you're playing the game, there's something weighing on it, and especially when it's your, two teams that are going in uh, number one and number three seed in a district. Uh, for Carroll to go into Harlan and win that game by 12 points is a pretty big win. Yeah, that uh, all these games matter at this point, whether you're uh, preparing for something or not. So, Doug, what do you have uh, down your way this week? Yeah, I actually made my way over to New Sharon. Um, North Maska played Mount Air in a quarterfinal game. Both those, uh, Mount Air, I think, was 18 and three. North Mahaska's maybe 17 and four. I don't know. North Mahaska's got a really good, uh, good team. That gym is loud. Tony, you were in there a couple of weeks ago, and it is just small, and the noise just bounces off the walls. But Mount Air, um, North Mahaska got them 66 60, good game. North Mahaska has a kid, he's junior, he's probably 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, Nash Smith, uh, ended up with 27, and they, they couldn't handle him. He was he was too much for him. They got some other uh, bigs that uh, are pretty good. So North Mahaska is uh, a nice squad. They'll probably come out of that sub-state, but um, Mount, uh, Martinsdale's in that, and also Linville Sully. So um, that's where I was at on. Linville Sully still alive, Doug? They're still alive. They're, they're okay. your team. Here we go. They got they got your your squad though, Marsdale. That's who no, they got. That's right. One of them's gonna win there on Tuesday. Yeah, yep. and uh, North Nebraska has uh, Moravia. Got so it. So that'll that'll uh, that's where we're at there. A lot of uh, a lot of Twitter action on that game, Doug. With uh, some people thinking that uh, those two teams matching up maybe not oh. ideal, huh? Well, it, it, you kind of look at those four teams. Well, there's probably five teams in that that are all about the same. And I think Mount Air thinks they kind of got a, a raw deal on the seating there, kind of where they're at. And they had to travel all the way to New Sharon. And that's, I mean, that's two and a half, three hours, I think, from that, from there. So, I mean, that's, that's a tough drive and then playing their gym. But um, I don't know. You kind of, you don't have a, um, you just have, like I said, five or six really good teams in that bracket and that substate. So, um, I know there was a little bit of chatter on that. Yeah, we're here for it. We, uh, we like that a little bit. We want to hear what you guys are thinking out there. That's why we do this. But, um, Tony, what about you? What, uh, what did you see? What did you have highlighted as your game of the week? Yeah, so Tuesday night, I went up to Cedar Rapids and saw Prairie uh, beat Dubuque Senior uh, 67-54. Prairie got some really good production off the bench. Uh, in that win, I think they had 32 points off the bench. Um, which you don't really see too often in the high school game. Um, seniors got a really nice athletic team that's going to be really, really fun to watch next year. Um, I think five of their top six are either freshmen, sophomores, or juniors. So um, Wendell Imers has, the, has that program rolling pretty well up in Dubuque, and it's a, a bit of a down year this year, but they'll be back next year. Um, Prairie... Uh, they, they lost Elijah Ward a few weeks ago, uh, one of their top scorers, but um, they've, they've gotten really good production out of some of their younger guards who have kind of stepped up in his absence. Um, Jack Wagamester, um, son of former Kirkwood coach Doug, um, has, has really taken his game up another level in the last couple of weeks um, and made Prairie a really dangerous team heading here into the postseason. Yeah, that'll be uh, that'll be interesting to see what shakes out over on that side of things. Um, okay, so going through, guys, you need to help me a little. So, what 
what was the 3A circus that went on? Who beat who? Um, let's break down a little bit as far as um, what happened in, with 3A this week. Who hasn't beat who in the in 3A? I mean, ah, that was just wild as far as what all shook out here. Um, I'm trying to pull it up, but if anyone wants to jump in and start breaking something down here quick for us so we can understand what in the world happened in 3A this week. Uh, I, I can tell you this. There's a few sub-states that are going to be absolute kind of anarchy, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. At least I, I can speak. I, I know there are in other parts of the states, but the ones here in central Iowa, you got two, three teams. It's it's going to be really fun because I, I think there's just a lot of really good teams, like really good teams, but maybe not that one great team. I don't know what you guys think. And somebody's going to – that being said, somebody will play great over the next couple of weeks. I think you're exactly right. If, if you look at the substates, I was looking at in 3A, almost every substate teams have four, five, or six losses. And, like, as the one or two seed, um, you know, Carroll, Harlan, you look at Storm Lakes in there, Spencer. Spencer, I think, only has three losses maybe, but – Pella, DCG, I think they both have five and six losses. Bondurant has seven, I think. Winterset maybe has five or six. And they're the favorites. Washington might have three. Wallert, I think they have seven or eight losses. So it's, it's uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of good teams, not a single probably great team. So to that point, um, I guess it's uh, almost two weeks ago now, uh, we posed the question on Twitter about who um, everyone thought was going to bring home the state championship for class 3A. And I don't know if you guys ended up seeing the results of this, but uh, of our 366 votes, 47.5% of people picked the Little Hawkeye Conference, um, 27% Raccoon River, um, and 25.4% took the field. Um, and so interesting on how that shook out. I feel like maybe our, our base is a little skewed towards the little Hawkeye, um, given a few of the guys that we have on the pod with us, but, uh, I'm, that's just spitballing here. Well, you think so? <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> maybe. Uh, maybe a little, but, um, <laughs> with that perfect segue into, we, we have to talk about our predictions, obviously with the postseason starting, um, 1A and 2A under, underway. Um, going through, looking at these quickly, trying to kind of focus on um, ones in which that we differ a little bit. Um, and so lo let's look at class uh, uh, 3A uh, District 1. Um, we got Spencer, Humboldt, Spencer, Storm Lake, Doug, and then Spencer, Spencer. So yeah. I'll, I'll go ahead. Um, admittedly, know little to nothing about Humboldt, um, but being up from the home conference, I, I felt like taking a flyer on those guys. Um, it sounds like they got a, a kid that can really um, shoot it. And so uh, I wanted to be different than the rest of you guys. And um, it looks like Doug did too. Doug, what, what, what in Storm Lake did you like about uh, Substate 1? Well, I think we talked about last week. Storm Lake has their big kid back. Um, yes. And they do have some guards and they got forwards. Um, and But the only thing is I know Spencer beat Storm Lake earlier in the year, but I think pretty good. Um, but I just, I just like that they have all their guys coming back and, um, and really in that sub-state, you, it, I think it's a crapshoot too. So it's, you know, if Storm Lake gets hot and they play well together, um, you know, maybe they can pull some out. Now, who plays, who's Tony, you might have to help me out with this. Who Storm Lake 
Do they play at Humboldt? Do they have Humboldt? Who do they have this this week? Or they, they, they have plays MOC. They play MOC, but didn't they? Then who they play on Friday? Oh, they yeah, just they, beat Humboldt. They yeah, did. They beat just Humboldt. beat Humboldt pretty convincingly. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's um, what it was. I yeah, think I, Substate One is is that that second round game is my in my opinion is probably the the, the championship game of that Substate. I think it's going to be Spencer and Storm Lake in round two at Spencer. Um, okay. Spencer probably, in my opinion, up in that might have uh, arguably the best player, Carter Petzenhauser. Uh, his dad's the coach. Carter's dad's the four, coach, yeah, you know. Uh, Four-year starter. You know, he's been a 20-point, uh, you know, 20-point plus uh, a game guy for four years. And uh, uh, this might just be the perfect time for, for Spencer. Mm-hmm. I th- I, but I think that that it's going to come down to those two teams, in my opinion. How big of an advantage? My coach's, coach's kid. It's always a good good pick, I think, in, in, in the tournament time. Tom, uh, how big of an advantage is it that that game's at Spencer? I think that's uh, – again, it's 30 miles up the road from Storm Lake. Uh, but that it's a, that's a big advantage playing at home. And, you know, they just – I don't know when they changed that to when that district championship game was uh, – used mm-hmm. to be a neutral site. But that, that home court advantage has become, uh, I think, a pretty pretty big thing. Especially you go into the old, you know, the old barn like up in Spencer. That's old school. Yep. And so that that that'll be worth a few points right there. And yeah. uh, again, you got a uh, a good coach whose son's a senior has been four years there. That's that'll be a tough one. Tony, anything to add or? Okay. Well, I, I'm gonna need I'm gonna need you on this next one though. So let's so we all picked Decora in two. Moving to three. Um, Tony and I picked Assumption, and the rest of you guys picked Wallard. Um, Tony, tell them why we picked uh, Assumption. So since uh, since Croatian exchange student Ivan Prug became eligible, Assumption's 10-2. and two. Their only losses are to Davenport North uh, and Pleasant Valley, both of who have very good chances to make the tournament in 4A. Um, just a really deep and balanced team with, with a lot of shooting. Um, I think Prug can be a real difference maker. You know, he's six nine and he's shooting about fifty percent from three, um, and can also take people inside and score. Um, just it's it's hard to see anybody other than Wallard or Assumption coming out of that um, that substate. But I I'm taking Prug, who I think is probably going to be the best player in that group um, as the as the difference maker between those two parochial powers. I like it. I like it. Um, any defense in the rest of you guys on why Wallard or, uh, you just riding with, just riding with, the with them. No, nothing. Perfect. Let's go to four then. Uh, going to need your help again, but this time, Doug, you need to explain why we picked wash. Um, and everybody else picked Xavier. What do you know? Anything about wash or you wanted to just go against the grain with me? No, I don't know anything about Xavier, but I do know Washington smoked Pella third game of the year. And they just lit them up, and they got they got guys that can shoot. So um, it's their time. I hope they take Xavier down. I like it. I like it. Uh, too bad Luresman wasn't on to no. to talk. He talked piece. me into that pick. <laughs> <laughs> He's been saying that all year, hasn't he? When they yeah. get healthy, when they get healthy. They're going to be tough. Oh man. Well, let's move to – so we have Xavier Wash coming out of four. Let's take a look at five. Um, Marion and Fort Madison looks like it uh, seems to be the two. 
Larson, why'd you, why'd you roll with uh, Fort Madison in that one? I don't know. I just, you know, sometimes I like, I, I don't, I haven't seen either of the teams play. I know coach Wilson pretty well up at Fort Madison. Um, and they do a really, uh, I, I don't know. I, I just think in regards to Fort Madison, sometimes these teams that have, um, a really good start, then they lose a couple in the middle. They kind of refine their, their ground. And then they have a little chip on their shoulder coming in the tournament. Again, that's without seeing the talent level. I just kind of like the ebb and flow of their season. And I, and I just typically Fort Madison kids kind of have a chip on their shoulder anyways. And so I know they must have a good team with that record. And I know coach Wilson will do a good job. Good. I like it. Um, okay. Looking at six, we, everybody picked, Dallas Center Grimes, except for Tony. Tony, what are we missing with the Ballard Bombers? That's a good question. Uh, DCG, I know, beat them beat them this week, so I kind of maybe look like a fool here. But uh, I, something just feels a little off about DCG this year, and I can't put my finger on it. Um, so I'm, I'm going to take Ashton Herman and Ballard to – to make their way back to state and a little bit of an upset there. I like it. We're here for it. That's good. All right. Um, moving to seven. Um, we got Pella Larson going Bondurant Ferrar. You've been talking my to man, guys. Travis Evans and, and the blue Jays. You've been talking the Jays up all year. So what's the deal here? What, what, what are they going to be able to put together to make it to state this year? Well, they have a really athletic team. I've seen them play. Travis is a buddy of mine for, for a long time. And honestly, I think any of those top four in the sub state, I think, I think it'd be fair to say Jevin Sullivan's probably the best player. Um, and then obviously Pella has the best pedigree, um, but just there's something about it that I just, I, I was kind of feeling um, Bondurant, just sneaky good. Who, who am I missing? There's another team in that. That's really good. Who am I uh, winner set. Winner set. Yeah. Duh. Which Josh Henry, I think, you know, we've talked a lot about him too. Um, but I, I just, it's kind of a wild card. Um, Travis Evans, had gone to the state tournament down in Missouri. He's gone to it with Indianola. And I just think they, they, they have a really athletic team that they're, they match up pretty well with Pella, I think. And I don't know. I, like I said, I think you could flip a coin with this one. Yeah. That's a sub state seven will be interesting. Doug. I think you're, uh, I think you're right. And Bondurant, that game is at Pella. If they both win, yep. so it'll be, at yep. Pella. I think that might make a difference, but um Bondurant will be out for blood for that game I know they, they've actually played in my league down here in Pella for the last two years and they've won every game except for the Pella game yeah every time they play. but it's always overtime or one or two point game so I know they're they're and they, they're solid they got guards they got wings yeah, they got they're the, long the Collison, the Collison kid he's really I good mean, he is tough and he, he doesn't, he's not, doesn't overwhelm you, but he can get a, if you need a bucket, he's just crafty enough and he, he can get you a bucket. That that's going to be a good game. And the winter set North Polk game will be good. And I'm not going to lie. I take all four of these teams and a lot of the other sub state, like, and I don't mean that that's not a complaint against the state or anything. So don't think that's what I'm saying. I'm just, I, I think they're all really intriguing. Well, we'll, uh, we got to get to we'll get to those predictions on on what uh, we think is going to happen. Doug, get ready here. But um, uh, looking at Substate Eight, 
So we kind of have a mess, and Tom, I'm going to lean on you with these schools um, well, out west. We have Harlan, Helan, Carroll are all picks um, on our big board. Uh, what can you tell us about Substate 8? The, uh, I can tell you this, that you, you, there is no magic crystal ball in this one because you can make a case for probably five, four or five of them winning it and why those same four or five can't win it. Um, you know, for a while I thought, well, it's probably Harlan's to lose. Uh, you know, I think uh, – and I – haven't seen them in person, but they've lost a, some big losses the last few weeks, and it's all about getting your guys playing the best of the regular season. And, and uh, you know, nobody does that better than Mitch Osborne, but, you know, Harlan's had some tough losses down the stretch here, uh, you know, and then you look at Carroll. Uh, again, Carroll just has a big win last week. Um, you know, who, who knows? Uh, Helan, uh, my Crusaders that I've seen a lot this year, they've, they've had moments of greatness, and they've had – the opposite kind of moments. What I, but I ended up going with my Crusaders in this sub-state because, um, you know, I think when you get down here, you've got to have more than one or two people that can score the basketball. And Helan puts can put five guys out there that can shoot. They've got a postman that can score and finish. Uh, they got a 6-6-4 man that's maybe the, their most their, – the best offensive player. They've got a lot of pieces of the puzzle. And if they can, when they, when they play well, I saw them last week go down to Omaha Scott, the best team in Nebraska. And, uh, you know, they were in the game in the early in the fourth quarter on the road against one of the best teams, uh, you know, that, that they could see. And so I know there's potential there. So I'm going with my Crusaders because I have to go to work there tomorrow. Hey, you Homer, you Homer. Not a bad, not a bad <laughs> call on that one. Um, all right, Doug. Well, I'm going to do it because that's this is what I do on here. I'm going to ask you who's going to win the 3A state title. Three. So week one, I, I picked Fort Madison, and then I picked Carroll, and then I had DCG. So I'm going to go with, and I have no idea. I've never seen them play, but I just was looking at their record right now, and they're 14 and six. And they play mostly 4A. I'm going to go with Wallert. They just beat Xavier. They beat Waterloo West, Prairie. They're on a roll. So I'm going to go with the Wallert Eagles, I think they are. Fighting Eagles, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Golden Eagles. Golden, Golden Eagles. So, and they have a uh, probably Hall of Fame coach. Um, yep. He's been there before. I think once the once we get the, the 3A, those teams down there, I think having – if Pella gets there – that's gonna that's gonna be a huge advantage because they were all those kids played on that floor last year, and I don't know if anybody else. Um, Ballard, Ballard yeah, still has yeah. two starters from that that's, team, and DCG. I guess those kids have been down yeah. there too. I think that's yeah. gonna make a big difference uh, if they've been and seen that floor before. But we're gonna go with Dubuque Wallert as your three A state champions. I'll probably change next week, but that's what I'm going with this week. Yeah, he's we, picked everybody now, so we, we he's covered it. Once it once the once the pool gets a little bit smaller, these selections will get a lot easier for you, Doug. Doug, so I'm, gonna... Doug, I'm go, Doug, I'm picking Waller too. Ooh, that's uh all right, all right. We'll we'll see what happens. All right, let's uh let's flip over to four A, taking a look at uh, those sub states here. Um, sub state one, uh, we're kind of all over the place. Well, not really. I guess in our picks, we have two for um, Sioux City East, and we have two for Ankeny. Um, what do you think, uh, Larson? You went Sioux City East on that. Went away from the Hawks. Me and Let's... Tom were opposite, right? Yeah. He, uh, yeah. We, he went. He went. He went Ankeny. He went Ankeny. You yeah. went Sioux City East. So what's the what's the thought process there? Yeah, I just um, 
honest, I haven't seen Sioux City East play. Um, Ankeny, I think, is really good. I, I just think they're a little bit up and down. I, I will tell you, kind of what we were talking about with Fort Madison, though. I And I think Tom would attest to this. Now that they've changed 4A a little bit, these games get really big to the teams out west. Because um, they, I think, it really it becomes a, a lot about pride. Because I think they hear a lot about the CIML teams. And um, they play with a big chip on their shoulder in those games. Yeah, that'll be uh, that'll be interesting. Who I should have it in front of me, but who else is in that? Um, who else is in that? Uh, Substate. Waukee, yeah, Waukee's. So Waukee. So it'd be Waukee. They should. They should. Uh, they should. They should be Council Bluffs Jefferson um, at one and nineteen on the year. Um, and then Sioux City West will be the Ankeny should be the Ankeny matchup. So that yeah, that'll be interesting to see what happens. And I, I note that because as we move through the rest of these, it's all it starts to be pretty clear cut for a lot of us. Substate two, we all picked Ames. Um, Substate three, uh, I don't know if uh, Adam went with the Homer um, pick, but he took Cedar Falls. The rest of us took Valley. Um, Valley. I love Valley right Jeez, now. He's playing, playing really well. That's what I was going to say. And talk about a coaching pedigree, right? The guy who's been there before. And I, I will tell you, like, they are – I know we've talked a lot about a lot of other teams, but Valley is looking really good right now to me. Yeah, that would, that's one of those teams you definitely don't want to match up with now and um, what they've been doing. Uh, Substate 4, uh, Kennedy, we all went with that. Unanimous. Pleasant Valley in 5. Uh, a little bit of a split in six. So we had Davenport North and Sea Rivers Prairie. Um, looking at those, uh, Tony, you went you went Prairie, but uh, that's your side of the side of the state. What do we what do we what can we expect out of Substate Six? Yeah, that that one was one where I was flip flopping between those teams pretty much all week. Um, North is is pretty small, but they're quick and athletic, and I could see them you know, giving Prairie's guards some trouble with their quickness. But I could also see Prairie's size and physicality kind of being an issue for North. Uh, and at the end, I, I went with the more experienced team from Prairie over the, uh, the younger athletic team from Davenport North. But I could certainly see that going either way. I like it. That's good. That'll be interesting. To, it's always fun when you have different styles match up um, and what, uh, what shakes out with that one. Um, looking at seven, then going through uh, north, a lot of northwest. Actually, everyone northwest. Uh, Larson took a looks like a cop out and said that he's too loyal to pick. Hey, and... they're both my guys. I can't pick. I, I couldn't look either of them in the eye and explain to him why I didn't pick them. So, and and Doug actually stepped up to the plate and made a pick in the Indianola Indians. Why why Doug did you go um, against? the Northwest and, and take on the Indians. Maybe I'm just loyal to little Hawkeye. Maybe uh, I've seen any, a couple times this year. They are, they, and I haven't seen Northwest and I know they, they have players all over the place, but um, if, if any, gets hot and uh, those guards get going, they can, they can beat anybody. So I hope it's their year. I hope they, I hope they pull it off. I will tell you guys on next Tuesday, it might be the most entertaining if they do match up, you know, uh, Indianola will have to get through Urbandale, who who it was a close game this week. But if they do mass up, match up, you probably won't find a more entertaining game because uh, they'll both get up and down the court. They played their preseason uh, 
pride pride game against each other and it was like 91 to 84 or something like that i mean and they're both willing to get up and go and obviously there's great drama with uh coach watson being their uh uh former indianola coach and going to northwest this year do they know where that will be at oh geez i i I think uh, I, I don't think I don't they think put so. that all out yet, have they? Because it depends on if there's girls teams playing and stuff. Yeah, I'm looking at the bracket here. It does not. They don't show a location on that. Um, but yeah, I mean, you mentioned Larsa. It'll be interesting because Northwest will have to presumably get by a Southeast Polk team um, in their first matchup, and then you, as you said, Urbandale and Indianola, and so. Mm-hmm. That, uh, that substate will be fun to watch uh, and see what happens coming out of there because whoever whoever um, punches their ticket out of that one will definitely earn it um, as that appears to be one of the tougher ones on the docket. Um, and then looking at substate eight, we all unanimously picked Johnston on that one and based off of what we saw uh, the, the Dragons this week, um, feels like a, probably a pretty safe bet there. They seem to be... Uh, they seem to be playing their best basketball at the right time. And um, Larson, your, your guy, um, Brian Frick, has those guys rolling there. Great, great coach. And, uh, you know, you, you love those teams that he'll be bringing a majority, you know, at least a, a big chunk of that squad that, that played so well in the finals last year. So they have that experience. Uh, Lewis is playing as good as any guard in the state, I would say, right now. And uh, Kramer, you know, I think we've all seen his Duncan highlights and, I don't know. I, that's going to be, I think they are an overwhelming favorite in that substate uh, from, from the way I look at it. And one that I think when they get to the state tournament can make a lot of noise too. That's going to be really fun to talk about next week is when this does all shake out, the seating for four A is going to be really interesting. I think. So uh, with that Johnson bid, that means um, hopefully your Warriors, right? Going to take down um, the Rough Riders and uh, yeah. Roosevelt, and then they would be matched up against the Dragons. Yep, yep. Right? which, you know, and it's one thing you got to keep in mind. You know, uh, Johnston, sometimes we, we forget that these are still games because uh, one thing, obviously, chatter around here and, and things we've been talking about in Norwalk is, you know, DCG did take Johnson to an overtime game in the middle of the season, and Norwalk has twice gone over double overtimes with him. So it, it can definitely happen. I will tell you, I just think Johnson's really clicking on all cylinders right now. Yeah, I would agree. I would say um, the biggest thing with Johnson, especially kind of early middle of the year, was they just they just got to such slow start. And so mm-hmm. teams would come out and kind of hit him in the mouth and get going, and then finally – uh, the guys would kind of wake up there midway through the third quarter and then they'd put it on you and, and, and uh, was having success with it. And then they got bit in the butt from that exact same thing that had happened a few times. And so I think the, uh, I think the siren's gone off a little bit uh, for them and they've kind of figured it out, but uh, the council bluffs um, Lincoln game um, to get to state should be an interesting one too. And we haven't you know figured out a location on that, obviously a different Lincoln team um without dicks but uh that would be you know still really a really talented team so it'll be interesting to see what happens there um but guys anything so looking at 4a anything that jumps out um for you guys that we didn't mention uh, a substate to keep an eye on a team a coach a story anything that you guys have to add on 4a 
Uh, I think the biggest storyline right now has to be what's going on with Tame and Lipsy's hamstring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's he's missed the last six games. Uh, I think Ames is probably still good enough to get out of that sub-state without him, but they're not going to win the state t- state tournament without Tamen on the floor healthy. Um, so that's something to definitely keep an eye on over the next couple weeks. Is what well, is the deal? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know the extent of the injury. I don't know if anybody, if any of you guys had a, had more insight onto that, but I know he's been nursing a hamstring injury. Yeah, I've I, I know it's a hamstring and I was going to say Tony additional or in addition to that, what you said, I think you're spot on, but also <laughs> even if he does come back, you know, it's kind of a tough, tough thing to get right back into, to, you know, with your teammates. And so hopefully they can find their, their groove as well with him. Well, and he's obviously they're a really good team. Especially with somebody who plays like he does too. You yeah. know, he's, he's so reliant on that quickness and that changes change of direction, yeah. change of pace. It's like uh, hamstring injuries, awfully tricky for someone like him. But like, will they start, do you defer a little bit? Does he, you know, does he still go out and be the same dominant force that he has? But it just, I think makes for a really interesting. Well, well, and the hamstring is so tricky too. I feel like that could be something where he goes out there and is, you know, stealing minutes and then all of a sudden like needs to make a move or needs to do something that he's always done. And, uh-huh. And then you, you know, you heard it again and now what? And yeah, that's, that's one of those, that's a tough deal, which is too bad. Um, hopefully, hopefully for everybody in the, in the state that uh, he's able to come back and be able to watch him play at full speed uh, down at the state tournament. That's, that's for sure. So um, all right, guys, with that, then we have got a lot going on this week. Um, let's go back. Let's jump in here, wrap things up with the game uh, this week that you are most excited for that you have circled on your calendar um, that you will uh, either hopefully be watching or for sure keeping tabs on. Uh, we'll go the same order here. So, Larson, we're going to start with you. What's uh, what's the one that you have highlighted? Well, we've been talking a lot about um, the in Central Iowa, the two A matchup. I think you know, and we're going to just assume that 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 they, they, I know they have to they get through their next round game, but uh, Pella Christian and um, Des Moines Christian, uh, it'll be a rematch, and they are are going to schedule to play on Saturday. I just think it's such a great story. You know, an alumni of Pella Christian, Jason Van Merschbergen, leading the, uh, the, the Lions against the, the Pella Christian Eagles. That's what the, the, the one here in Central Iowa that I'm most excited for. Well, well, no, hold on a minute. That can't be the one that you're most <laughs> excited for because um, let's I, see. We're still, it's way more down the road that I'm going to be excited for that Grandview, uh, Grandview Christian game. Grandview versus your Madrid Tigers. And that's on oh. Tuesday, right? You got your Tigers hey. and Madrid. I, I told you, I like what they've done. I told you the only problem for them is that they got in Grandview's uh, district. Yeah, that's so that's on that's Tuesday, right? The 20th. Tuesday. Yeah, that's yep. Tuesday. So big matchup there for the Tigers yeah. versus the Tigers versus the world on that one. We'll see, uh, <laughs> see what happens. I think it's Grandview Christian versus the world. Well, that, that too, but, uh, so, <laughs> wow. All right. Uh, Tom, what do you have, uh, that you're circled and excited about? Well, Tuesday night, 
in uh, Sheldon, it's Boyden Hall in Rock Valley. Uh, Boyden right. Hall, again, 21 and three, or I'm sorry, like my, the Prince of Dank Small, they're not 21 and three. Uh, what are they, 20 and one? It's really, they're really good. <laughs> um, and then Rock Valley, um, 17 and five. Rock, of course, these, again, I've mentioned it before, these guys combined for football were the state runner up. Both have at they got big time athletes on both sides of the court, and Rock Valley is playing really good basketball right now. They they started slow, a um, lot of footballitis, but they they they're clicking and clacking right now. So that's gonna be a heck of a game. I like it. Good one to look forward to. Doug, what do you have down your way? Um, I, you know this week is awesome. We on Monday three A starts up, so you got all those games, um, and I wouldn't be surprised with. You know, anybody beats anybody. Um, where do I got? Tuesday, you got uh, a lot of the two ways going here. Pella Christian plays Eddieville, which hopefully, um, as Chris talks about, you know, we'll probably see uh, Pella Christian play Des Moines Christian. But Eddieville's, I think they only have two losses on the year, so that'll be a good good game. And then Wednesday, we got two-way girls. I think two-way, maybe one-A also. Um, regional finals, so those will all be good games. And then Thursday does... Uh, maybe 4A starts up. Um, so, I don't know, this is, this is a cool week. Just uh, a lot of games going on. So, um, and um, just I'll have my monitors uh, locked and loaded. Thursday will be 3A, you know, sub-state semifinals, and Friday will be 4A, sub-state yeah. semifinals. So, those will be real good games then. On, and then on 1A and 2A Saturday play to go to state. Yeah, big big week. By the time we get back, by the time we get back on here, things are gonna look um, worldly different. Um, Tom, I forgot to bring up, but uh, uh, Esterville, the Midgets versus Okaboji on Tuesday. Uh, yeah, that's, any, any thoughts that's on a, that one? That's gonna be a big. That, that'll be a big game again. Um, I thought Okaboji had a big win last week with Sioux Central because at Sioux Central, I really felt like like they could be sneak. They could sneak in on somebody. You know, they got Lucas Lorenzen. You know. The state's leading scorer who, I mean, he's, uh, he's an athlete. He's a dude. He can do a lot of things. And, uh, you know, that's another one, you know, so those two winners, Boyden Hall, Rock Valley and, and Okaboji, uh, ELC, uh, that's a, that's a heck, that's a heck of a game just to make it to the game to go to state Two two big games. Yeah. For and, the and four, four really good teams. You win that and your prize is Boyden Hall, right? Yeah, or, or Rock Valley. <laughs> or Rock Valley. Um, <laughs> if Okaboji scores over 70, I think they win. It looks like uh, 73 in the first round over Emmitsburg. Not saying a whole lot there. But then 71 over Sioux Central. Um, so if they can get over 70, they might be able to sneak by yeah. and have an opportunity. So that's a good one. I'll be anxious to see. Obviously sitting at 13 and 10, but like you said, the state's leading scorer, um, never know what can happen this year. It comes down yeah. to one, one player making a play um so well good all right tony what uh what do you have on your calendar and that you have circled and excited about for this week yeah so tomorrow night i'll be at uh i'll head to davenport to see assumption and go see ivan brug play in person for the first time uh they've got makokata in their first round game um should should probably be a fairly easy win for assumption but uh, you never know uh tuesday night district final in 1a um, that I talked about earlier, Winfield Mount Union playing against Danville. Um, Winfield's coach is Clay Edwards, who played at Ooh. Iowa State. 
uh, and he's got two sons on the team who are one's a sophomore and one's a freshman. Both are going to be really good. And then uh, Cam Buffington is a sophomore forward who is already committed to play uh, football at Iowa, and he's just a just an animal. So I'm really looking forward to seeing him play live. Uh, and then Thursday we'll head somewhere for a, for a three A sub semifinal. Um, probably looking like Central DeWitt. Um, if if they if them and Xavier can take care of business uh, on Monday night, Central DeWitt will become Gym One number one hundred. Hey, there we go. Love it. Um, so flipping over real quick on the girls' side, my game of the week that uh, I'm kind of keeping an eye on and plan to go to is out at uh, Adel, where Nottaway Valley at 20 and three takes on Panorama um, at uh, 23 and one. Uh, for their opportunity to go to the state tournament. And so uh, look, looking to be uh, a good game against the old – we have the the Panthers and Panorama that I um, had to face way too much back in the Madder days. And then um, actually uh, Coach Fernandaway Valley, his daughter plays with my daughter uh, in club ball. And so should be a fun game. Uh, ADM is always a fun gym, too, to go and watch a game. Uh, it's it just you kind of – the way it sets up – you know, you get that that place filled up and it's loud and it uh, should be a lot of fun. So that's that would be the game that I have highlighted that I'm looking forward to amongst everything else that's going on this week. Um, as we said earlier, by the time we get back on here next Sunday night and talk about the week, things are going to look a lot different. Um, Doug's pick for 3A is going to sound a lot better and uh, we're going to have a lot more fun. So um, as always, we appreciate you guys listening, sticking with us here. If you have any thoughts, comments, we want to hear them, um, let us know. As always, shoot or shoot.